0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode one forty-eight of the Momenty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thanks so much for joining me for another fabulous. Episode. And this one really, really is great because I'm kind of talking to a legend. Um, he is kind of like the biggest figure in the personal finance community in my point of view. Uh, I'm talking about JD Roth. He is the, uh, creator of Get Rich Slowly. Um, also moneyboss.com. And so we kind of go into his story of starting Get Rich Slowly as a way to, um, you know, kind of track his journey, also educate others on how to get rich slowly. and, uh, you know, reach financial independence and all that kind of stuff. But at a certain point, he was able to basically sell his blog for a lot of money. And he decided to kind of just do what he wanted with his life, early retire and live it up. And and then he started Money Boss on the side. And uh, then he decided, you know what, i I want to buy back Get Rich Slowly. I miss it. And he bought it back. And now he is in control of the website again. He's writing on it consistently, like, my goodness, almost every day. And there's so much great content on there, great resources, super inspirational. And it doesn't hurt that he is literally the nicest guy. I mean, I don't know. I just had the best time chatting with him. So I know you're going to love this episode because uh, we both had – we laughed a lot, we, you know, uh, coughed a lot, but I edited those parts out. We had a lot of good times in this episode. And I'm going to get into that interview right now, except at first, just a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Wealth. You've probably heard about robo-advisors and how index-based investing is the way to go if you want to save on fees and outperform traditional mutual funds. But with so many investment companies to choose from, How do you know which one to go with? Enter NestWealth, Canada's first ever robo-advisor and also the largest independent digital wealth management platform in the country. It constructs its portfolios using Nobel Prize-winning research to maximize efficiency of returns while minimizing risk. Not only that, it doesn't put its clients into buckets, but instead builds personalized portfolios to best fit each individual client's needs, risk tolerance, and financial goals. The best part is you can get started investing for your future online anytime. And if you have a question or need some extra support, the registered advisors are available to chat via email and phone and are happy to help. And Nest Wealth is currently offering all Momani podcast listeners three months free. To get started, visit learnnestwealthcom slash Jessica Morehouse. Once again, that's learnnestwealthcom slash Jessica Morehouse. And if you want to learn a little bit more about how it all works, check out my video review in the show notes or visit JessicaMorehouse.com slash Nestwealth Review. Thanks, JD, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast.
1: Yay, it's Yay. great to be here.
0: I know. I'm stoked. I'm st oh, you're stoked. We're all stoked. Um, I I so where are you currently? Like this looks like a really amazing place. There's a million books behind you.
1: There are a million books. And you can't really see it, but i got my Kermit the Frog painting up there. I commissioned yeah. a Kermit the Frog painting. Uh, so this is my riding shed. Uh, my uh, girlfriend and I bought a new piece of property, a new house uh, in July. Mm-hmm. And we moved here. And it's, uh, we downsized our house. We downsized to a 1,200-square-foot house. Mm-hmm. And we got an acre of land. And so I got one of those, you know, prefab sheds. You can go down to Home Depot. Do you have Home Depot in Canada? We sure. do. Okay. We do. <laughs> uh, so we, I got one of those prefab sheds from uh, Home Depot. It's 200 square feet, so it's decent That's size. That's quite it's like,
0: big. It's like a tiny a house.
1: Room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except for it's a tiny office. Yeah. And uh, so I paid them to like construct it, and then Ooh. I finished the inside. So th- this is my riding shed. It's specifically for me to ride in. I love it.
0: Right. Oh, I thought you were saying riding. Story. I'm like, do you have no. horses? <laughs> and where <laughs> are and,
1: they? And, and everyone thinks I say riding. I've got to, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to have a harder teeth. Writing shed.
0: Writing shed. Oh my gosh! I yeah. want a writing shed.
1: Man, be, I wonder if I could get a horse in here.
0: Maybe. Probably. Not. I mean, maybe a pony. <laughs> 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 well, anyways, that looks amazing. I'm a bit jealous. I totally have fantasies. I've been talking to a lot of people about financial independence, and I uh, just recorded an episode with Liz from uh, Frugal oh. Woods. Yeah. And she is living a life that I dream of on an acre in nature. And just, oh, it just sounds She's amazing. She's got like
1: 60 acres in Vermont or something. Yeah, right? she has
0: like a country or something. Like it sounds yeah, amazing. She has her
1: own country. I know.
0: I know. And it's funny, too, because I think I've been talking a a lot about, like, wouldn't it be cool if we, you know, I've been telling my uh, husband a lot, like, I think our next kind of financial goal, we just bought our townhouse in Toronto. I think we should, the next goal to work towards is financial independence. We're both self-employed now. That should be something that we could totally do. And he's like, okay, cool. And it's like, what does financial independence look like? What do we kind of And and one of the things is like, I would love to actually live on some land. Uh, We have family in New Brunswick, beautiful. They just have acres and near the water. And uh, I caught him yesterday (laughs) looking on like this real estate website at this house in Nova Scotia. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm just, (laughs) I don't know. I just started somehow led me to here and look at this place. There's all this land.
1: (laughs) That's funny. The other day I went down a rabbit hole. Uh, so this, this piece of property cost us $450,000. Just And outside where, where is it? It's just south of Portland, Oregon. So oh, it's that's where Portland goes from being uh, suburbia to country. It's uh-huh. right on that edge, like within a quarter mile. And uh, so for whatever reason, I went down the rabbit hole of looking at Zillow and I was looking at uh, uh, Southeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania and Northern West Virginia. I was just looking at yep. I was like, Kim, Kim, look at what we could get for $450,000. We could we could sell this place and move to uh, the... It's not really the Midwest. We, we could move back yeah. there yeah. in woodsy areas. And we could have like 40 acres and this giant house. Not that we want a giant house because we don't. Yeah. But there'd be a lot of room for the dog to roam.
0: Uh-huh. You we could have we, so we many too, dogs.
1: Yeah, we, we could. <laughs> we, we make too many decisions about uh, our life around our dog. And I know a lot of people... <laughs> it's
0: yeah Yeah, it's crazy yeah no i I, when i think about how much we paid for our our very tiny stacked townhouse in Toronto and what we could get, like not so much in Canada, because Canada's kind of expensive, but if we're to move somewhere, yeah, like in Ohio, I'm like, oh my gosh, we could live in a mansion. It's just incredible. <laughs> one day. One day we'll get there. Um, yeah. anyways, uh that was a little bit of a tangent. Uh, I just had yes, to I just had to go there. Um for people that don't know your story, and there is probably a couple of them listening, um, though most people probably already know you because you're kind of like a big deal, one of the biggest bloggers. Oh yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, what Maybe is in that
1: one tiny space.
0: Just a one tiny space. Um what is kind of like, you know, the big backstory, you know, kind of on the about page of your website, talks about how, um, you were kind of thrown into working for the family business. You didn't really have a business yeah. background. You kind of, uh, learned, you know, as you went and you got really good at, um, basically being the kind of CFO for the business. And then at a certain point you're realizing that you weren't paying that much attention to your personal finances.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I sucked r- with my personal money.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like most people, they're very good at one part of their lives and then just. Awful at another. But you know, it's funny that you're managing money for a business and making sure everything was great and just totally getting into debt and just not taking care of your personal finances. What happened in your life for you to realize that you need to make a change?
1: Well, for me, uh, at the time I was married and uh, my wife and I, uh, we had just purchased, well, first of all, I was Hmm. carrying a lot of consumer debt. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I was making an average salary about 45, 50,000 us dollars a year, but I was spending it all. And then some, uh, and so, uh, my wife and I decided to, uh, move. We had a, a, just a small standard ranch house in a small town, the small town I grew up in. And we just on a whim, we weren't even looking for a house. Yeah. We found a house that we loved. We saw it and we're like, Oh, let's buy it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can afford it. And so on paper, we could afford it. And here I should say that my uh, wife and I, we kept completely separate finances. Mm -hmm. So she was saving 30% of her income. She never carried credit card debt. Right. I was the one who sucked with money. Uh, So on paper, I could afford it. She could definitely afford it. So we bought the house, but we moved in. And I was like, oh my gosh, so many repairs need to be done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just all the monthly payments started weighing me down. I felt like I was drowning. Mm -hmm. I was like, what am I going to do? And uh, I I read a bunch of uh, personal finance books and it it dawned on me, you know, I suck with my personal finances, but I do all right with the businesses. The businesses always make money and good money. So I thought, what if I manage my personal life as if I were managing a business? Mm -hmm. And so that became like this conceit that I used. And, uh, sure enough, uh, applying that technique and other strategies too, of course, over the next, uh, it was 39 months. It took me mm-hmm. 39 months to dig out of debt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as I dug out of debt, uh, I started writing about it. I had had a blog, uh, for a long time back before blog was even a word. I, mm-hmm. say. I, I started <laughs> uh, blogging in 1997 with a, oh, a wow. journal. A
0: oh, journal. yes.
1: <laughs> and, uh. Uh, So I started a a blog and I called it Get Rich Slowly, Mm -hmm. Uh, getrichslowly.org, not not .com, but .org. And uh, I I just basically chronicled what I was doing to get out of debt and learn about money. And for whatever reason, my story, uh, it appealed to other people. It was helping other people get out of debt. And so it became a place where all of us could get together and talk about money. And it it was awesome. Uh, The irony in the long run I'm spoiling the ending in the story here that uh (laughs) uh, writing about how to get rich slowly allowed me to get rich quickly which was uh, a crazy irony
0: (laughs) that's pretty funny and so you were able was it because documenting your journey helped you figure out your finances better or you just generated income through having this side hustle kind of thing
1: It, it, it was both so uh as I was reading and writing about money, I was definitely applying the principles and I didn't change overnight. I don't want to Mm -hmm. pretend that I did. And I don't want to pretend that I'm perfect now because I sure as hell am not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I gradually started applying the things that I was learning. I was like, Oh look, (laughs) the advice works. If you just follow the advice instead of trying to look for shortcuts, it's like, Oh, these things work. It takes a little time. But, uh, but at the same time, because I was managing my life like a business, uh, the blog turned into a business Mm -hmm. and it it ended up making, uh, when I started it, I thought, oh, it'll make a few hundred dollars a month and that'll help me get out of debt. And that's exactly what Mm -hmm. happened at first. But then the few hundred dollars a month turned into a few thousand dollars a month. And then even more than that. And I was like, holy cats. Uh, so eventually I, I was able to uh, sell the site. For a large sum of money, and uh, that vaulted me. I would. I was on course for financial independence within a few years, anyhow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that vaulted me there right away.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, and
1: <laughs> You, you talk about financial independence, so your listeners are familiar with the concept.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I've had a couple guests on already, but still, I feel like before, honestly, I'd even say six months ago, I didn't even know there was a difference between financial independence and early retirement because people use them kind of interchangeably. But I,
1: I think they're the same. But you can get into some big arguments. With I know. People.
0: Yeah. There's. It's a whole. I didn't even know fire was a thing. It's a very like community that I didn't. It was a secret club that I wasn't. Like invited to, I just found out about it by stumbling upon a couple people. But uh, so, yeah, I would actually love to know what your definition or what does that mean? What does financial independence mean to you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I I take a little little different viewpoint than some people. Uh, I really do think that uh, what people refer to as financial independence is the same as early retirement. The people who want to, uh, Mr. Money Mustache calls some people the early retirement police. And these are the people who are out there saying that, oh, if you work at all in retirement, you're not retired. Mm. Uh, And so I think that's why we use financial independence as a term is so that people don't just bristle at the idea that, oh, well, you're working. So uh, so we talk about financial independence and it's okay to work. And so we just avoid early retirement. But most of us who are financially independent, we consider ourselves retired. We're just doing stuff we love instead of stuff we have to. But for me... For me, I don't think financial independence is any one place. A lot of people get it in their head that uh, in order to be financially independent, I have a, I need to have a million dollars, or I yeah. I need to have saved uh, twenty five times my annual spending. But I think there are different levels of financial independence, and mm-hmm. when you look at it like that, it's more like a journey. It's not a one place you're trying to reach. It's a whole progression and. Uh, when you get out of debt, that's one degree of financial independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have enough money saved that you can quit your job at a moment's notice and not stress about it. That's another degree of financial independence. So there's a whole range.
0: I love that. Yeah. I, yeah, I was actually just on uh get rich slowly and reading that, you know, in general rule of thumb is to have uh saved 25 times your uh your expenses or yeah. to be safe for 33. And so I calculated how much I have and how much I need. And I've got a ways to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: oh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Damn it.
1: <laughs> really? yeah. And the thing is, Jessica, I mean, a, a lot of people get focused on just that number and they're yeah. focused on, they, they think, oh, once I reach that number, everything is going to be awesome. My life will change. I'll be happy. I'll be set. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a mistake. I think the real thing to do is figure out what do you want to do with your life both before and after you reach your financial goals Mm -hmm. and then build your life around whatever that uh, purpose or goal is. And in my case, I like to write about money. Um, I I thought I didn't like to, that's why I retired in air quotes, (laughs) quotes. (laughs) Uh, but uh, turns out I do like to do it. And that's what I want to do even in retirement or financial independence Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, because I'm clear on that, it, it helps give me direction in life. And so I think knowing what direction you want to go can uh, help you achieve happiness. And I think it's a healthier thing to focus on uh, than a specific uh, financial goal or specific number.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting that you kind of mentioned like, you know, financial independence, that could mean, you know, leaving your job if you're not happy. Um, to do something completely different, which is my experience. And one of the things that is interesting, I went to a panel at FinCon that was, uh, I think, on a fire. And a lot of uh, the younger people on the panel talked about how, you know, they really just look forward to being able to quit that job to just do whatever they want with their money, which I get it. That's probably most people's perception of financial independence. But as someone who was able to quit my corporate job to start my own business, it was cool for a second when I, you know, handed in my nose, like, bye, suckers. And then the next day you're like, now what? Like, I didn't really have a plan. My plan was to leave. So I think, like you said, having just the plan to like reach financial independence and then to, you know, quit your job, you're like, I've got enough money to do whatever I want and then not know what to do. You will struggle um, and maybe get a little depressed because it's kind of anticlimactic, you know? People don't realize how anticlimactic achieving something so big like that is without having
1: a plan after. And the same with getting out of debt. Yeah, a lot of people they get out of debt or say losing weight. I mean, they're yeah, it's the same psychological principle. You set this goal, you have this target, you're working toward it, you're very excited, and all of a sudden you reach 150 pounds or you get out of debt or whatever your goal is, and uh, then you're left going, "Well, what's next?" Yeah,
0: now what? <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, so for me, I think if you have if you're clear on what your purpose is and why you're doing it, then you can keep doing the things. Uh, that helps you succeed. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't like people to focus on uh, getting out of debt or achieving financial independence because I say those things are side effects. Mm -hmm. What I want people to do instead, financially, is to focus on their saving rate. or It's like profit for a business, right? Yeah. Your saving rate is your difference between your income and your spending. And if you will just focus on increasing the gap between your earning and your spending... That will get you out of debt. Mm-hmm. That will get you to financial independence. And then you don't have to worry about this huge deflation because you've already achieved uh, a different goal, a better goal, which is creating that gap. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from my experience, uh, fitness coaches say the same thing about uh, losing weight. They say, don't focus on this target weight. Focus on building healthy habits. Yeah, And if you can do that, you will lose the weight and you don't have to worry about uh, what your weight is, because the pounds will come off eventually if you're doing the right thing.
0: Absolutely. So is that kind of your experience in that you were working towards financial independence? Because you said that you retired and then you sort of unretired.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? Which is goofy. <laughs> well, part of it was, uh, as much as I preach about finding a purpose and knowing what your personal mission is, I had failed to do it myself. Mm. Uh, so when I... When I sold Get Rich Slowly, when I uh, achieved financial independence, I thought that I wanted to travel the world. And I do. I mean, I really enjoy travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought I wanted to – well, I didn't really have a clear idea of what I wanted to do. I wanted to experience a bunch of stuff and then make a decision. Uh, But as time went on, I realized that I really enjoy talking and writing about money. And for whatever reason, uh, people enjoy reading what I write and listening to what I say. It helps people. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me after about four or five years in this retirement state that, you know, that's actually my purpose. Uh, so maybe I should continue to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started a new site called money boss mm-hmm. and uh, money boss was an outgrowth of me saying, you know, I'm just going to give in and, uh, Realize that my vocation, my calling, is helping people with money
0: mhm mhm, yeah, and you you do it very well. <laughs> like it's true like i read a ton of stuff and talk to a lot of guests but just going on your website today just kind of reading a couple random posts i was like i was just like in it like i got real deep i'm like yes 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 yes
1: it's fun for me because i I like to tell stories and i I, not just my own stories but i like to tell other people's stories it's it's fun Mm -hmm. when i'm out and about i do a lot of uh speaking gigs and Mm -hmm. uh, i travel to events and so i'm always hearing people tell me their stories and i'm like wow, I want to share that with my audience. And exactly. So I, it, it, it's just fun. I think s- people learn so well through hearing other people's stories because they can identify mm-hmm. with things in the story or they can say, oh, I'm not that dumb. I'm better than that person. <laughs> it, it just, yes. It, uh, stories help so much because so much personal finance advice is just dry and dull yes. and boring.
0: Yeah. And it's, I feel like that information, those tips, advice or whatever, they don't sing in unless you have something to relate it to, or you have some context. Yeah. And that's why I like to talk as if it's just like a regular conversation. I'm not just like, what are your five tips for blah, blah, blah. Cause I don't <laughs> care. People listening don't care. No one cares. Like, they just want to know what your story is, what your path was, to see if, like, hmm, that sounds like a, maybe a path I want to go down. Or, And and then you kind of learn from them by their experience. I mean, that's how I've been able to do well with my per- – like, I've just by talking to people and, and learning well, what it, they it do. it looks
1: to me like you're drawing on your film school experience, too. Is it that is. right? It
0: is. Ooh, someone did their research about <laughs> me. Oh, hello. Really? It was actually
1: kind of fun to do the <laughs> film – I, I watched Catechism. I thought that was pretty fun. No,
0: you didn't. Oh, yes, my I God. Did. You're yeah. so funny. That's like that you awesome. and my parents.
1: You're no, the only people who
0: probably watched <laughs>
1: No, your audience has to have watched Catechism, oh too, right? Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah, you guys should
1: all go watch Catechism. Oh,
0: my gosh. It is on my it's YouTube channel, but it is very different than what I do now. Don't, like, it's so yes, funny it watching it and you're like, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. It is literally no. a short film comedy about virginity, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's awesome.
1: I, oh, my I, God. I, it, that it is gave so me funny. A, a glimpse of your sense of humor, and I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> that, it's pretty much that. <laughs> yeah, good. And I I mean, I can see how you could draw on uh, your experience. I mean, you spent five years in film school?
0: Uh, it was four years, but it took me five years to do my degree. But yeah, four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, see, for me, when I write at Get Rich Slowly, I'm drawing on all my experience. I'm a total nerd, computer no. nerd. Yes. <laughs> So drawing on all that, I love to write. I was deep in, I mean, I just draw on that experience. And it looks to me like you're drawing on your experience. Totally. And I think that's awesome because it plays to your strengths and it plays to your experience. And I Mm -hmm. think too often uh, people come into the personal finance space and they try to be somebody they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, or try to act as if they're an expert when they're not, instead of just doing being who they are yep. and trying to reach an audience that can relate to them. So I think you're doing a great job with that. Well,
0: thank you. That is so you nice know. of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> so glad yeah. I got you on the show. I wonder to- how bad. But yeah, well, for me, I think the big reason why I have kind of drawn from that, I mean, I did four years, I got a degree or whatever, is because I didn't want it to be like, oh, that was a regret. I never want to regret anything in my life. And I've tried a lot of different things. And so I think, you know, just try to take bits and pieces from whatever you have done in your life, whether you think it's completely irre- irrelevant and you may surprise yourself, be like, actually I can totally put that experience to, to this use or whatever. I mean, I never thought growing up that I would work in any kind of personal finance capacity. And then somehow I kind of turned the things, you know, my experiences, film school, working in marketing to, to do this. So you just never know where you'll end up. So never think that whatever you do, whatever experience yeah. is irrelevant.
1: Cause I agree irrelevant. with you. What I say is that, uh, you know, I am a personal finance blogger. Mm-hmm. And if I go back to when I was in college 30 years ago, Oh my God, <laughs> there there is no way I could have predicted that I would be a personal finance blogger. First of all, blogs didn't exist. The oh. internet didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I sucked with money. Yeah. Nothing could have made yeah. me plan for this. So uh, I, I think that, It sounds like you and I have both kind of uh, not necessarily uh, just surrendered and given into life, but we've, we've paid attention to where life has taken us and we've Mm -hmm. taken advantage of the situation. Uh, And uh, I think it's awesome that, and I think other people can do this too. You can just look at what your experiences build up to and uh, just go with it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Just go with it. I know. I think that's like, especially for me, who's someone who is like, I mean, if you watch catechism, you'll know I used to be like super uptight and everything had to be like, this is how life is supposed to be. And that's, oh my yeah, gosh. I was yeah. like that too. Yeah. You just can't. You'll just hate your life if you try to basically force a certain plan. Cause, you know, yeah. what I forget the saying. I'm also terrible with sayings. My, my husband laughs at me forever, but it's like, what is it? It's like when you make plans, God laughs or something like that. And that's kind of know. how I go. It's like something like that where I think it's you like, making you, stuff up. I could just be make, like, I am the worst at sayings. <laughs> like I'll always get it a little bit wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I, I I've learned as I've gotten older, just let things go and just kind of go with the flow and don't yeah. be afraid to say yes or say no. Um, I, I
1: think both of those are so important. Saying yes to opportunities that come yeah. along. Don't be scared. Just go yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend and I did a 15 month RV trip around the United States Ooh. and she She's always been a go-with-the-flow person, and I've been more rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that trip, at first we had plans, and we learned very quickly that no, 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 no. no. On an RV trip, on a 15-month RV trip, you just got to surrender and go with the flow. I mean, you, yeah. you want to exercise agency. You want to be pushing yourself in a direction. But when something happens, you just go with it, yep. and you adapt. You you need to be adaptable and are resilient, I guess, is what I'm trying
0: oh to say. Oh my gosh. So adaptable. Otherwise you'll just like be pulling your hair out and just be like, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, oh my gosh, yeah. Um so Can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh,
1: we're gonna go to something completely off tangent here. Ooh. So when I met you, yeah you were, you had just finished your race.
0: I did. Your, your,
1: and you lost to somebody using Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't understand. And you know what's and, crazy? And to somebody using gold. I How know. did that happen? I was,
0: I was, I like, I was fourth. I beat the guy who did contactless or tap um, because he had to pull did, himself. You know
1: all about this. This race. I mean,
0: uh, I've mentioned it. Uh, and it is on my YouTube channel. Um, I am still actually, that reminds me, I need to contact the racers who I talked to. i like, I need to get you on the show. Cause there are so many, even though everyone documented their own journeys through, you know, video, so many stories did not make the cut <laughs> and there's some crazy <laughs> stories <laughs> and it's just a five day or seven day journey or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's right. Wh- that's when I start? met you. That was, I was like out of my mind, sleep deprived. Yeah,
1: You were very sleep deprived,
0: <sighs> but I had so is much it- fun.
1: Did you start in Toronto, or where did it start? I started
0: in Toronto, and then I made my uh, made my way to Cleveland, and then went to Denver, and then Las Vegas, then the Grand Canyon, then back to Denver, or no, back right. to Las Vegas.
1: And, and you were using chip and pin the whole way, which I seems was. like it should be good. And I don't yeah. understand how the hell somebody using Bitcoin is able to make that work.
0: And what I'm thinking but- too, and I definitely do want to talk to her about it, because I feel like right after a race, then everyone started talking about cryptocurrency and, oh my yeah. gosh, people are getting rich off this and stuff. And I and actually it's because asked- because of her.
1: It's, it's because she won the race. It's
0: because she won the race. Absolutely. Uh, but what's crazy is, so basically we were given uh, a budget and basically whatever we didn't use, we were allowed to keep ourselves. And so I asked, oh. like, if she doesn't use her Bitcoin, could she oh. keep it? Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I wonder how much she made. <laughs> like, what's the value on that Bitcoin budget now? Wow. I know. Awesome. Good for her. Yeah. She was, oh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, sorry, I, I took it yeah. off.
0: No, no. It's, it was a, I mean, it was an awesome, crazy experience. But that's also like another, you know, talking about saying yes and no, uh, how that crazy experience happened was, a weird email came into my inbox from, from someone from the UK. I'm like, I don't know. It's a spam. And then I emailed them back like, do you want to talk on the phone so I can verify if this is spam or not? And then it was legit. And they said they asked a few other people. And they all said no. I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> and then it was a real thing. And it happened. And I did it, you know? Wow. So it's one of those things. Everyone else said no. I'm like, I'll try this. This seems really unlike me. And I did it. And it was a really, really awesome experience. So Yeah, there you that's know. fun. I know. Awesome. Crazy. Um, yeah, I know I should probably do a special episode about that quite honestly. Cause there's a lot of stuff that I kind of forgot about. And I forgot that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I was a crazy person during FinCon because I was so <laughs> yeah. sleep deprived, but it was so <laughs> nice to actually finally meet you after like seeing you walk the, you know, at, uh, from afar, but never, uh, got a chance to say hello. Um, Okay. Before uh, we're kind of getting to the 30 minute mark, I think. So oh. before we wrap up though, there's two things that I, I definitely wanted to okay. mention. You have a book. Number one called your money, the missing manual.
1: I do. Uh, your money, the missing manual. Uh, I wrote this in 2009. Mm-hmm. It's targeted at us audiences. That's okay. So it might be, you know, out of date. Uh, it, it's not really out of date. I mean, the material in there is, is really good. And, uh, the thing I'm proud about the book for is I could have just taken everything that I had written for get rich slowly and dumped it into the book. Right. And while I did use some of the material, it's all, I'd say it's 80% totally rewritten, totally new. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, I feel like it's really valuable stuff for people trying to get their life figured out with money. So Mm -hmm. it's, It's called Your Money in the Missing Manual, and it really is like a manual for how to handle out money. My gosh, yeah. Handle out money. Handle money. Which is uh,
0: something I feel like everyone needs. My God, when I was in my early 20s, I'm like, can someone just give me a manual on how to do adulting and money and things? Because I don't know what to do. (laughs) I actually Googled it. I didn't find anything. (laughs) (laughs) How to be a grown-up. And then you also uh, released a course in 2014 called the Get Rich Slowly course, which I'm probably going to – (laughs) by because I want to
1: know. Yeah, Uh, and so okay, so there's actually this logical progression to everything that I've done or so. Although I didn't set, I don't set out with a plan to make it work. So when I wrote Get Rich Slowly originally back before I sold it, I didn't know what I was doing with money. I was just muddling through it, and so there was no rhyme or reason or set philosophy or set path. Uh, Your Money the Missing Manual, which I think it was published in 2010 actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, This was my first time trying to like take everything I'd learned and put it into some coherence. Yes. And so there's some structure there, but it's not the best structure in the world. In 2014, my friend, Chris Uh Gillibo, who uh, writes a site called the art of nonconformity, he approached me and he said, would you be interested in doing a course uh, under my unconventional guides brand and do a course about money? And I said, sure. And so Uh, I got permission from the people who had bought the Get Rich Slowly website, and uh, we made the Get Rich Slowly course. And this was me taking, uh, five years later, after having written uh, Your Money, the Missing Manual, taking the same ideas, but trying to give it some more cohesiveness and Mm -hmm. applying this idea that you can manage your life uh, like a business, because every... Not everyone understands how to uh, save money, but they all understand that businesses have to make a profit. Yeah. And what I've learned is the same idea applies to your personal life, and people get that. And so that's what the Get Rich Slowly course was. And then uh, the next year, I started Money Boss because I was like, I love that idea. Let me run with the whole managing your life like a business. And then last year in 2017, the people who bought Get Rich Slowly from me back in the day came to me and said, do you want to buy it back? And I said, okay. (laughs) So now I I have Get Rich Slowly back and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm riding there and I'm building on this framework. I mean, it doesn't look like it right now because there's so much work to do to get it remodeled and back in shape. But uh, my plan is to build on this entire framework that I've been developing and uh, uh, help people at all stages of uh, financial independence. The people who are just starting to get money figured out, and the people who are approaching early retirement, both. I, I want to provide information that's mm-hmm. valuable to everybody.
0: Totally. Awesome. And you put out a ton of content on Guy I was going, I'm like, do you write every day? There's a new post every single day, if not more.
1: Yeah, well, this is only, this is going to be for 2018. So mm. back in the day, again, in the olden times, when the world was young, <laughs> uh, from 2006 to 2012, roughly, because even after I sold Get Rich Slowly, I stayed on and I was a primary mm-hmm. writer. Uh, I was publishing around 500 articles a year. Wow! Yeah. So, as a, at Money Boss, I didn't do that. I couldn't mm-hmm. make that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a challenge to myself and to kind of get the uh, let people know that Get Rich Slowly is back. Yes. Uh, I said, in 2018, I want to publish 500 articles again. Wow. So that is the pace I'm shooting for. And so, yes, I might not be creating a new article from scratch every day, although I am most days, but I'm publishing at least one or two articles a day. And those could be guest articles or they could be uh, me going back to the archives and saying, you know, I don't think this way about debt anymore. Let me polish this up and... Give a different spin on it. And
0: I so, love that. I love that. Especially for people who haven't gone to your site before and it's totally new for them. So they may not have yeah. read your archived article. So it's nice to have an update. But actually when I was looking at it, I really did like some of the uh what is it called? A money jerk or something like that where you Yeah, you, yeah I love those story. stories. Those were so yeah. great. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So
1: that, that, I, that was a very popular feature in the uh, when I was doing it before on Sundays I would share a story from Somebody mm-hmm. in the community and people loved it.
0: Love it because people love knowing what other people are up to. I do. Yeah. I love getting in there and, like, what are you doing with your money in your life? I want to know all the details.
1: Yeah exactly
0: <laughs> that's amazing well i'm so glad that you did buy uh get rich slowly back because it is very much you your voice um so i'm excited to see uh when you do upgrade or you know have the new design to reveal i'm very very excited for that uh thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me yeah uh, thanks for
1: having me on the show it's fun
0: it was so fun you're welcome back anytime <laughs> awesome
1: excellent all right i'll see you tomorrow Ooh,
0: no. okay <laughs> all right thanks jd
1: all right, thanks Jessica.
0: And that was episode 148 with the great JD Roth. Make sure to check him out at getrichslowly.org and moneyboss.com. Isn't he the loveliest? Wasn't he so great? Uh maybe I'm just flattered because he actually like watched my graduation film. I'm just like, wow, that's Awesome. You are a star in my books, JD. Um, make sure to check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 148. Going to put lots more info about what we talked about, some uh, links to some of my favorite articles that he's written in there. So make sure to check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash um, 148. A couple extra things to chat with you about, so don't go away, but here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Nest Wealth. Want to start investing for your future? Luckily, nowadays, it doesn't mean you have to make an appointment with some suit in an office. Actually, you don't even have to leave your house. Wealth, Canada's first ever robo-advisor and the largest independent wealth management platform in the country, provides a new way to invest your money. Offering index-based portfolios with lower fees and better historical performance than actively managed mutual funds... NestWealth is focused on building personalized portfolios to best fit the needs, risk tolerance, and financial goals of each and every client they serve. And NestWealth is currently offering Alma Money podcast listeners three months free. To get started, visit learn.nestwealth.com slash Jessica Morehouse. Once again, that's learn.nestwealth.com slash Jessica Morehouse. And if you want to learn a little bit more about how it all works, check out my video review in the show notes or visit jessicamorehouse.com slash nestwealthreview. All right, first things first, I want to remind you all that uh, I've got a Facebook group. It is called the Money Life Balance Community. And uh, I started about, I guess, a year and a half ago as a way to I guess, have some sort of online based Community for us all to get together. Um, it's kind of a support group, really, and it's just for you to come in there, ask your questions, see what other people are doing with their money, uh, talk about what's going on in you know the financial news, and just become more educated and more informed about what's going on in personal finance. Um, you know, I love having this podcast and having guests share their uh, you know ideas, but uh, I wanted to have a space where people can actually ask questions to people and uh, you know find out what people are doing. So if you want to join join us it's a ton of fun. Make sure to go to facebook.com slash groups slash life balance and uh, join us. I think there's about twelve hundred over twelve hundred people in there now and uh, the, the, the best part is really is because well a I monitor it like crazy, but also it is a uh, no jerk zone it is I wanted to create a safe uh, you know comfortable space for people to feel uh well you know not judged when they have you know a quote unquote dumb question. There's no dumb questions if you don't know the answer to something, it doesn't mean it's a dumb question. It just means you don't know the answer yet, right? And so that is what it is. So I, you know, make sure it is a uh space that is completely positive. There's no trolls, there's no jerks, there's no people in there trying to sell their crap because I don't got no time for that. The people that do that, they get blocked and kicked out. Okay? So if you want to uh you know join in the fun and uh you know you know, just feel kind of more empowered with your money. This is the place to do it. And just go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life balanced. to get in there. Um, I've got a bunch of other kind of exciting things in the queue coming up, but, um, you know, sometimes I record these episodes in advance. So the best place to always keep in the loop with what I'm doing. Whether it's you know my next book club, my next event, um, new courses that I'm putting out, all that kind of stuff, make sure to uh, get on my email list. Just go to jessicamorehouse.com/slash subscribe to uh, get on there. Once again, that's jessicamorehouse.com/slash subscribe, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll be on my weekly newsletter list. You'll know what I'm up to and uh, what cool things I've got in the queue. But uh, yeah, just want to let you know, get on the list. Just do it. It's you know. It's, it's a cool thing to do. That's all I'm saying. Um, I uh, do not have another episode for you tomorrow. I have another episode for you next Wednesday, though, and it is with the wonderful Liz from Frugal Woods. She has a book coming out, and I read it, loved it, and we are going to talk all about it next week, so do not miss it. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever you're listening, and I'll see you back here next Wednesday.